0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 150 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today I'm your guest, too, again. This is the third episode out of a series of four where we're doing a little bonus Saturday here talking about print and print design. This episode is all about files, what to sort of check your file for before sending to a printer, best practices for file prep to send to a printer, and that kind of jazz. Before I dive into today's episode, I also wanted to take this opportunity to let you know that on Monday, Print Design Academy founding membership is open. Now, I don't want to open the doors of Print Design Academy to the public yet. I want to get some founding members in, and I want us to all build it together, make sure it flows good, make sure it's all working great, make sure everything is connected, and the founding members will help build this, shape it, and build the community within as well. So if you are interested in being a founding member, there's a whole lot of perks that go along with it, You know, discounted membership, like significantly discounted membership and you get the opportunity to connect directly with me about shaping the site, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see, what you want to know more of. There'll be me, there'll be experts in the print community, you know, industry pros um, involved in doing live Q&As and webinars and all kinds of stuff. The community is loaded. Founding members also receive a letterpress printed founding member certificate and uh, that'll be sent out to you. And uh, gosh, what else is there? There's a whole bunch for founding members. So if you are interested, like I said, I'm keeping it very small, very private. Um, so send me a DM on Instagram. That's the way. That's your way in right now. Uh, that's the at the quickie podcast on Instagram. Hit me up in the DMs. Just give me a shout out. Interested in Print Design Academy, and I'm happy to help. So like I said, today's episode is all about files and file prep and things to watch in your file before sending to a printer, because you want to be the printer's best friend. You don't want to be the guy who sends in files incorrect every time and the printer goes, oh, more files from this guy. Um, So yeah, this episode will help you with some of that. But before we dive into the details, let's hit the intro. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? All right, let's get right into the guts. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. So, you've worked with your client for maybe weeks and weeks, maybe months, to create this beautiful brochure, booklet, whatever it is, and it's going to print. You're the one sending that file into the printer. So, did you check for these things? Let's just start right from the top. Bleed and crop marks. So important. The bleed is that extra image outside of your cutting area. If you have a photo right up to the edge of that and you don't have bleed there, there's a possibility that you will see white space instead of, you know, that image bleeding off the edge of the sheet. There might be a little white line there. You don't want that. That doesn't look as nice. The other place where bleed comes in handy is when you're doing crossovers, booklet crossovers. Bleed's got to be correct on both sides so that it lines up after, you know, some of the image is buried into the fold, that sort of thing. Bleed is important. Crop marks will identify the trim size of your document. Those are very important. The printer looks at those. The printer uses those. Those are important. All right, I started you off easy. Let's get a little deeper here. Color conversions and color separations. So if your job is printing as CMYK, you should have four colors in your file, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. If you have more than that, something's up. If your job prints in Pantones, ensure that you don't have it set as CMYK. So that's where you need to double check those printer specs on the quote. What is the customer actually looking to do and send to the printer? Is it Pantones? Is it a very specific corporate Pantone? If it is, make sure that Pantone is listed properly in the file. If the job prints Pantones, you don't need CMYK in the file. Now here is where it gets cool. If you're doing a CMYK project with two Pantones, six colors, my friend, that's all you need in that file, double check that. Make sure it is all labeled properly, make sure the separations are done properly, and uh, keep an eye on that, because that can get tricky. So the next one is layers and it kind of expands on the previous one color separations, but not only is it important to have your layers separated for the color side, but this also applies to any specialty finishing, any die cutting, you know, like foil stamping, spot varnishes, all those sort of things. Each of those individual layers need to be labeled in a friendly way, nice and organized. Um, If the project's supposed to have something like that, make it easy to see in the file. Don't bury it. It's right there, easy to see in the layers, and it's easy for the prepress operator to grab and separate so that they can proof the project to you properly. The prepress team at your print shop will love you for this. Now, if your document has type Just black type, say it's a editorial piece and you've got some fun colors, you've got some photos in there, but the bulk of your type is black. That type, those letters should be set as just black, not as CMYK. They need to be only on the black layer. If you go to your magenta, yellow layers, the type should not be there if it's black type, just black, only black. The reason for that is most type is pretty small when you're doing editorials and things like that. So if you are trying to register four colors on top of one another for that type, it's one, unnecessary, and it creates a higher level of difficulty in the project that's not even needed to be there. And two, if there is any misregistration between those colors throughout the run, the print run there... You will get a little halo of red or a little halo of yellow or something around that type. And it could be hard to read. It could be distracting to the reader. If the type is just black, it's only black. There's no registration involved. Super easy for the reader. Super easy for the printer. Black type should be just black. 100% black. Document size. Let's talk about this one. Um, It sounds really simple but you would definitely be surprised. Take a second look and double check the document size. Your main spot uh, to compare it to will be the printer's quote. The amount of times I've been involved in print projects for a simple eight and a half by 11 finished book and I get the files in at five and a half by eight and a half or six by nine or some other size, it's a lot. And it doesn't really necessarily create any significant problems, but what it creates is more back and forth between you and the printer. So back and forth is okay. It's great if everybody's learning something, but for something where you just didn't check the size that the file should be submitted at, if it's eight and a half by 11, make sure that the file size is correct with that. That's for booklets, brochures, letterheads, everything, everything you're printing. What size should it be? Check with your customer, first of all, during the design process, obviously, but reference the quote to make sure the printer's quote aligns with what your file size is. Okay, moving on a little bit to images and CMYK and RGB, right? Printers are not printing in RGB. I think most of you know that. We're printing in CMYK. And when you send in files that have RGB photos in them, one is you're leaving it up to the printer and the printer's software to convert those photos to CMYK. And you may not like that conversion or the conversion that their software does. You, as the designer, want to control that conversion and how it affects the photo and be able to make any edits to that before it goes to press. So rather than having the printer convert it to CMYK, rather than them sending you the high-res proofs and you looking at it like, oh, something's weird with that image, that doesn't look quite right, and then creating back and forth, killing more time potentially on the project, convert your photos to CMYK before sending them to a printer. Just do it, okay? That way you get to control that RGB to CMYK conversion yourself rather than leaving it up to the printer software. Photoshop is probably the best tool for this. Um, If you convert the same photo from RGB to CMYK in a few different softwares, um, you'll see Photoshop usually gives the best results. But the other interesting thing you'll see is that that color conversion looks different with each piece of software. Photoshop is that photo tool. Get her done with Photoshop. Let's talk a little bit now about booklets and page counts. You got to know how this booklet is being bound. If this booklet is a standard stapled or saddle stitched booklet, you need to submit that file with your pages in multiples of four. Have you ever tried to take two, like just a piece of paper off your printer and try and like staple it into a book on the, along the edge. It's not nice. It doesn't really work that great. So definitely keep it to four pages. If you're doing a coil bound book or a perfect bound book, it's less, um, you know, less of an issue you can have, you know, in multiples of two. That's fine. But remember, even numbers for booklets. If you're not using even numbers for booklets, then you could end up with a blank page inserted where you might not want a blank page. So with booklets and designs, watch your page counts. Maybe you need to add a page. Maybe you need to take away a page. Um, But watch the page counts. Multiples of four for your saddle-stitched and stapled books and for your perfect-bound books, for your coil-bound books, stick with multiples of two so that you get to fill out the content on all those pages. This one might sound simple, but... I just want to insert it in here because it's definitely something that should be addressed. Spelling. It's a huge one. I know with the recent Adobe updates, spell check is added, and oh yeah, that is awesome. But not everybody will be up to date on it, so I'm going to say it anyways. Spelling, please. Watch your spelling, proofread it, have friends proofread this. Look for kerning issues, punctuation, grammar, and the simple typos in spelling. This is the last time to check the file before it starts to cost money to change it after. Because what could happen is the file goes to the printer. Everything looks good. You've got your layers dialed in. You've got your color separations dialed in. Your black type is only black. Your document size is great. you got your page counts nailed down. Boom, great stuff. You get that proof back and you're looking through it typo, 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 spelling error, spelling error, oh man, that is edits that the printer has to make, which is their time, which generally you are billed for, and potentially another proof, and proofs aren't free, so this is your last opportunity before submitting your file to a printer for you to really dial in that spelling, just check the spelling and go over it. A little story on this. I used to be the publisher for a pet magazine. And um the very first run that I was a part of, I went to the press check. It was super cool. Press checked it. I went and did a bindery check even. So I went to the end of the saddle stitch machine where the where the magazines were all being stapled. And I got the first one off the back of the machine, and I was so happy. I was looking through it. This is great. I opened up the first page. And on the inside front cover, we put an ad for ourselves for the magazine. It was a little self-promo ad for a program that we had coming up. And a massive, obvious typo right there in my face. Oh my gosh, that sucked. It was like, I I checked it to death. I had other people proofread it. I press-checked the sheet. I was looking right at it on press. But somehow missed it, still made it through. So, spelling it's important. It, um, you know It's really something you should watch. Actually, another story that I just thought of, um, I had a university customer in my print sales days that um, produced a large annual marketing booklet and it was called the Review Book. And um, there was a typo in the name of the university's largest donor. This was a $20,000 publication. And after the president of the university saw the typo, nope, it has to be reprinted, has to be reprinted. $20,000 mistake, crazy, right? So spelling, it is important, check it, you know what I'm saying? Links and fonts. Your printer will not have every single font in the world, so when you are exporting your file, it's very easy, couple clicks of a button to package up all of the links, all of the fonts, but it's also worth noting that some print processes and some printers prefer the fonts to be turned to outlines. So check with your printer on that. It also gives complete flexibility to the printer to make any edits to the file that they need to on the pre-press side, as far as alignment for books, um, you know, crossovers and things like that. But also, if you do find typos or things that you missed during the proofing process, rather than submitting a new file, they now have the opportunity to make a quick type change on your behalf, you know, and then you can reproof it that way, which can be a faster way to get through some of those really small changes. Be sure to package up the files and send a packaged working file to the printer so that they can do what they need to do. And in the event of an error, they have the ability to correct it quickly and efficiently. So that's sort of the the top things to look for Um, when you are sending your file into print, I'll just quickly run down them again here from the top of the list. Bleed and crop marks. Please include bleed and crop marks. Color conversions and color separations. Make sure your CMYKs are CMYKs and make sure your Pantones are Pantones. And you know, in this file, if you are printing with a Pantone, there should be one layer for that Pantone. I don't need a file with six layers of Pantone 201 or whatever Pantone you're gonna use. I don't need six layers with that Pantone. It all should be combined onto one layer. Speaking of layers, the next thing is layers. Make sure these are labeled properly. Any specialty finishings, um, varnishes, foils, embossing, um, die lines for die cutting, any of that stuff needs to be on its own separate layer, needs to be clearly identified for the printer, and it makes everybody's life so much easier and helps eliminate the opportunity for errors. Black type as CMYK, don't do it. Black type should be 100% black, that's it. 100% black, one color, black type. Document size, double check that document size. Make sure that the document size not only aligns with what you and the customer are designing for, but what the printer is expecting based on the specs that you gave them or that the customer gave them to provide you with a quote. Next one is images. Convert your images, your RGB images to CMYK. Photoshop is the best tool for this. If you leave it up to the printer to convert, you might not always be happy with the re- result. Control this process. Convert your own photos. Booklet page count. You want to watch that. they are in multiples of two for coil binding, for perfect binding books, and um, and for all books, really, multiples of two, but specifically for saddle-stitched and staple-bound books, multiples of four. Multiples of four. Very important. Spelling. I went over this in depth just to make sure you're spell-checking the heck out of this thing. And you know, now with the Adobe software with spell-check built into it, that's great, but it's not going to spell-check people's last names. And you remember what I said about the university's largest donor? You don't spell his name right, that could be a potentially expensive mistake. Links and fonts. It is a great practice to package your working files and send them in with the links and with the fonts. And as I mentioned, some printers might want that converted to outlines for the fonts, but check with them first. Just great practice. Package it all up with links and fonts and send it along. So right in the end, I wanted to just give some bonus tips Uh, about some best practices and things to watch out for when producing um, CMYK print projects. Um, CMYK grays, anything in that gray scale, um, just don't do it CMYK. Um, Either change it to a gradient of just black or find a gray PMS color to use. CMYK grays are not good. If there is four colors c m y and k all put into that gray if there is any minute shift in color along that print run which happens even with the world's most advanced presses even with digital printing where it's replicating the same thing over and over and over and over, and over it happens if there's a slight change in that color value, maybe a little, like a sliver more cyan on that one, a sliver more magenta on that one, a sliver more yellow on that one, that gray will fluctuate in color. Gray is the most susceptible to that color change, so avoid CMYK grays, use a gradient of black instead, or best find a PMS color to use, a Pantone color, a nice gray, and do a solid of that. Plus, Solid Pantones are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Another one similar to the above is CMYK Browns. Very similar story to the one above. It's extremely prone to color shifting within a CMYK build of that color. Even tiny percentages of color movement show up like crazy. So try and avoid CMYK grays and CMYK browns. Now this last one is a little bit advanced. Um, but I'm going to go for it anyways. When you're creating a booklet project, ask your printer on how many pages are on each signature they are printing. A signature is a sheet, and if you can fit eight individual pages on one side of that sheet and eight individual pages on the back side of that sheet, that is what is called a 16-page signature. Now, if your book is in multiples of 16 pages, then that's perfect. You are getting the most cost-effective use of paper to create as many pages as possible for your book. That's terrific. Now, picture this though, using a 16-page signature for a bunch of the book, but then you've only got 12 pages left that need to be printed. That doesn't fit fully on a 16-page signature. So you could be just wasting paper. Sometimes that's the most cost-effective way to produce a project is just throw away a little bit of that paper, recycle it, of course. But you have the opportunity to add four more pages to that book for exactly the same price because you're already using that paper on the press anyways. So check with your printer about the layout, and print signatures. That will help guide you on your page count. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to add extra pages, giving you as the designer more flexibility with design for little to no extra cost. All right, like I said, a little bit advanced on that one, but I threw it in anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, I have talked your ear off, so I'm going to call it right there. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, all about things to look for in your file and file prep before sending to a printer. And uh, I'll be back next week. And next week, I want to talk about proofing and press checks. Press checks are awesome. They're so much fun. They're really exciting. Lots of things happening. It's printing your job. There's a little bit of nerves going on, a whole bunch of stuff happening. But I want to make sure you understand fully the purpose of a press check, what you have the freedom to do at a press check, and when you sign that press sheet, what's what you're responsible for. So tune in next Saturday for that one. Thank you so much again for listening, and we'll see you Monday. Bye.